we go to work and when we're Welcome to Whining with, with nurses. nurses. I'm Kat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Desi. Welcome, Desi. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. How do you know Sarah? I um, started working with her briefly until she went back to the light side of day shift. <laughs> oh, so you're a nighter. Okay. I am. Mm-hmm. So You guys better stop it with that traitor talk. Yeah. like I'm a traitor to everyone. Us. She basically <laughs> like showed us the promised land. And then just took it away from us. Yeah. <laughs> she went to the days. Well, at least you still have her in your hospital, whereas I don't have her at all. Oh, no, wait, that's oh not true. Oh, my gosh, stop fighting over me, everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really just using you to get two cats. Uh, that's good it's purpose. It. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, so what's your... Oh, actually, let's talk about the wine because I want to drink it. And um, oh, I already did. Well, I mean, Sorry. that's fine. We can still drink it, but we should oh, not. <laughs> I have a lot of questions right now. <laughs> so we already opened this bottle. That yes. was my fault, okay? I suck. I forgot. And we have another bottle that we'll open in a little bit. You can sure. hear do the, you guys care about the pop as much as we do? Yes. <laughs> we care about it. I don't care if they care. I care. I know. I do okay. too. Okay. We poured it in a decanter, so it, was, it looks beautiful right now. So she... Okay, tell us about it. Ooh. Well, Desi, you brought this one. Do you want to... Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah. BS my way through this. Um, well, it's a 2015 Merlot from oh. the Napa County. It's it sounds fancy, just in the way An Educated she's Guess. An Educated Guess. Yes. And uh, let me see. Yeah, that's about it. I think that's pretty much how I uh, introduce any wine I bring. All right, and I don't have my glasses, so I can't read and, these words. And it's a red, and it's kind of purple. Yeah. It's in a purple it's bottle. It's got a nice berry finish <laughs> to it. Um, little starburst action happening. Is that what it says, starburst? No. Oh, <laughs> I was like, that's cool. <laughs> Never fruit thought of mine would say that. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, when you brought this in, I said, and then Sarah proceeded to say the same thing when she came, that we've all seen this bottle in the store and have always wanted to try it. And um, so now I'm really excited. Actually, it looks pretty purple yeah. too now that... Yeah, it actually matches the... I'm looking at it. ...topper, the foil topper it has on it. It has a ton of mouth that Carter could probably... Actually, looks like chemistry. Yeah, there's all this chemistry like on the bottle. It's, you know, carbon, carbon chains. I and, bet that's... Uh, yeah. The actual... Wine you know, process yeah, the, thing. Oh, yeah. Of this particular... Mm. Brand. Oh my gosh, that's guess. so funny. Red that would be wine, really cool. One, one of my brothers, he's a winemaker assistant, and he has a notebook filled with all that garbage. So oh, winemaker assistant. So this do you get free wine? I do. Oh, that's really you cool. Do? I do. Aww. Sometimes he, uh, I know where his spare key is, oh. and I'll just go and sneak into his apartment and raid it. Because <laughs> he has no idea he's never going to get through all that. Right. Yeah. Way too much. You're doing you him a service. Like, yeah. It's like an earthquake hazard. I'm basically saving the whole building. There mm-hmm. you go. Okay. So, anyway, um, so you work night shifts in the same hospital as Sarah mm-hmm. on cardi On the cardiac? Cardiac floor. Uh huh. Unit. It's uh, kind of a step down ish. Step down ish. 
unit, um, but cardiac base, we kind of get our catch-all unit because our ICU is very small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have some patients that are super acute and some that are less acute. Mm-hmm. And then when they're tanking, we can always kick them over to ICU. And some that are just plain U, G, L, Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. <laughs> That is very true. At first, true. it sounded like you were saying some patients are super cute. Yeah. <laughs> so super adorable. Acuity basically is like how severe or how much uh, care and attention they're going to need or, you know. Like uh, how sick they are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then explain to listeners um, what step down is. Step down um, is... So they're not quite sick enough to warrant the attention needed in the ICU, which uh, they're often on several different types of drip medications and they're on tighter um, parameters to control their vital signs. And so once they um, become a little bit more stable and they're off particular medications, they can come to the step-down unit and be monitored in a slightly less intense way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neat. And you like it there? How long have you worked there? <clears throat> Uh, two and a half years. And yeah, I, I actually love it. I'm very content there. Yay. We've got a good crew and we get to see some cool stuff. But like I said, there's always the ICU if things get a little too crazy. Yeah. And um, what's your like background? Is, like, what have, have you done other nursing jobs? or? I uh, haven't. I That was my first job and I've stuck around. Mm-hmm. I was actually born on the floor I work on. No way. Yeah. Wait, it's what? disgusting. What, was born it? on the cardiac unit. Yeah. Her mom delivered her from her left ventricle. Yeah. It was, she had super bad cardiomegalia when I was in there. Dang. That must have been. Huge heart. That's impressive. <laughs> no, uh, it actually used to be the, the second half of the unit used to be the labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a overflow room, which was room 34. Hmm. And yeah, I was born in that room. That's really cool. And I've made it to the hallway now, so <laughs> <laughs> just taking baby steps in She life. crawled in the hallway before she walked in the hallway. Yes. Is your mom a nurse? She's a LVN, yeah. Okay. That's cool. So is my mom. Oh, nice. Well, my mom's the teacher. Except in uh, Virginia, where I grew up, they call it LPN, licensed practical nurse. Yeah. Ah, okay. Funny how it varies from state to state. I know. And the con- like, <clears throat> the f- construction of uh, a nursing team or a care team is so different. Like mm-hmm. in California, there's almost no need for an LVN in hospitals. Right. I don't know if it's like that in Virginia, but they used to be like a huge staple. Yeah, I think there's some places, and it seems to be the more small community hospitals that still use LVNs. And, um, you know, I think I saw some on a rehab unit where they do a lot of med passes. Mm -hmm. So um, that was important. And then they had, you know, just a few RNs to oversee Mm -hmm. and do all the assessments and everything. I think the place that... (laughs) You reminded me that... LVNs can't chart assessments, right? Right. They can't do yeah, chart. they can't do assessments. Yeah. Um, technically, uh, the place that I've seen LVNs most has been in like nursing homes. They have mostly all LVNs mm-hmm. and care partners there, and then like one RN for the whole facility that you know Stressful. does the stuff that only an RN can do or something and oversees everything, which is ridiculous. We should tell people, yeah, okay. what are the the basic differences? Because a license. Go ahead. Somebody else. No, go ahead. Know. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of know. Uh, I think uh, 
licensed um, vocational nurse or practical nurse, they can pass medications and do um, patient care. But when it comes to um, like assessing, assessing anything, education, like, yeah, right. education, right. Right. very abstract rules. I think care, yeah, like um, uh, case management, stuff like that. Pushing you, certain things you can't do, in an IV. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You, I think uh, they have to get like an extra, like when as RNs, we're already, it's part of our program to like, we can do IVs and do all of that stuff, but they have to get special certifications after school to get all those other Oh yeah, and only a couple of them. You can't do IV meds. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only, I think, start an IV and give normal saline, hmm. or I think I don't think you can do uh, anything like else. Med pushes or anything like that. Right, you can't do anything IV. Mm-hmm. I think you can just start one. At least in California, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it varies by state. Right. But you know what? Do they? I know they have to take an NCLEX. So the NCLEX is the test that nurses have to take. Yeah, our boards basically. I don't know. Is it? I mean, how could it not be different? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, because I, yeah. I can't remember what they told us in nursing school, if it's the same NCLEX or if it's a different one. It has to be a little different. But maybe it's not because they don't ask like, well, I mean, I guess they do because ask assessment questions. So, right. Oh, yeah. Because it's true. after the test, it says NCLEX-RN. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that's NCLEX oh, yeah, are. that's right. Oh, and then NCLEX-LVN probably. Yeah, yeah, We should ask. I work with an LVN. I should just ask her. I actually know someone who's currently in school, Shelby, to become an LVN, and I'm sure she would love to come on here. So that'd be Shelby really cool. from the abscess story? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure she'd be happy to come on here and just talk about what it's like to be in, in school and... Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. We should ask her. Yeah. It's like right now, because as we have t- talked about many times, nursing school sucked. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Where did you go to nursing school? I went to uh, PUC. It's a tiny school. Um, <clears throat> in California? Yeah, up in Napa Valley. It's in Anglin. Oh, okay. It's above the hospital. What does it stand for? Uh, Pacific Union College. Oh, okay. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is it a bachelor? Yeah. Project? Okay. Yeah. Neat. Awesome. Any liking cardiology? Is there anything else you want to do? Or uh, you know, I w- actually coming out of school, I was very like step by, like what's my next step? Mm-hmm. Goal oriented. What's my pathway? You know. Mm-hmm. And then um, so the first year and a half of working, I was thinking, okay, like am I going to go to NP school? And I'm, am I going to head to like critical care? Where am I going here? And then this last year, um, after fretting over that, I uh, just realized I actually really like. The field, they're like the lane I'm in right now with mm-hmm. it, and so um, I have no clue, yeah, what I'll end up doing. But I'm cruising with the contentment I have now with mm-hmm. the unit I'm working on, and um, I got hired <clears throat> with a big group of new grads, and we kind of have the core people left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the loose leaves flew off and got new jobs mm-hmm. but we have the main crew now and we're all super close hang out outside of work and that must be really nice to yeah. like, like come out of school together work together yeah still there totally know. it's so fun that's really awesome. everybody's really good too I remember when because this is the first hospital job I've been at for the past two three or four years it's been a few years since I've been in the hospital and um when I started on our unit I was like whoa there's a lot of really young smart nurses here like, did I know all that when I was just a couple of years out of school? I don't know. Anyway, it's nice working with everybody who's, you know, Aww. who's sharp and uh, on their game. There's like some angel. I was just talking to one of the CNAs about this, like angel people, like 
honest to goodness, just the sweetest human beings I've ever met. And I'm like, thank God I'm around these people because I am so (laughs) salty and jaded. (laughs) I would just be the most miserable person to be around if I didn't have these angels like tempering my misery. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it sounded really dark, but just so. (laughs) Yeah. But But like, we're going to have an intervention after the. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I brought an extra bottle of wine for that to get through. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of the wine, we have it in a decanter tonight. I thought about this after we had Kareem on last week because now that we're thinking more and talking more about the wine, you know, and, you know, we were talking about how we open it and at first it. I can't smell it until it mm-hmm. is open for a while and it, the taste changes so much. So why not we just use a decanter mm-hmm. because that opens it up and aerates it right? basically immediately or it takes way less time to, to kind of open up. So And to kind of bring back what he said last week for anyone who might have missed it, um, didn't he say so if you kind of, like when you're swirling it, you're letting all the gases and all the, the smell and everything... Um, come out from kind of the bottom mm-hmm. so when you decant it you're pouring it all in and it's kind of doing the same thing it's mixing it up and all the smell if he's listening it I probably totally said that wrong no I think you got it right <laughs> I don't know we, I was thinking we should have Kareem on again or just have like an ask Kareem mm-hmm. segment <laughs> yeah I recommend a lot of people like you should really listen to this episode I, I learned a lot about other people are probably going to say um we, we like all knew this. This is common, this is knowledge. common wine knowledge. Oh. It's not though, because maybe people I've been drinking fake wine it. for a long time, and I just learned some of these things in the past, you know, couple of years, mm-hmm. just living here in Sonoma County mm-hmm. and t- taking a wine class or just going to lots of tasting rooms. <laughs> I feel like people also fake that they know. They're like, oh yeah, oh totally. I, I really, oh yeah, I think I thought the same thing when I had it, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you go along with it, and you don't really know. They have no idea what they're talking yes, about. Yes, plums. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, well, berry flavor. Nice, uh, oh, the, the tobacco in here is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Sarah says every time. Um, well, I'm trying to smell this one. It does smell a, maybe a smidge like tobacco. I think it's more just vanilla. And then some kind of, um, I wanted to say stewed raspberries, but that's not it. It's something else. Every time we say something, I'm just like, oh yeah, I smell that. <laughs> no, I, I thought it smelled like planting these ideas into our heads. Yeah, yeah. The power of suggestion. Uh, it's actually just grape juice. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. Alcohol. It's the power of our minds making <laughs> us. But I'm so drunk right now. <laughs> hey guys, I'm so wasted. I'm so drunk. <laughs> uh, man, so how are you guys? Did you both work today? Or I guess do you work night? Nope. That wouldn't make nope. sense. No, I haven't um, worked since. Monday. Oh, Ooh, I almost just broke a wine glass. <laughs> nice one. Okay, you're buying the next round? No, I'm just kidding. Last week I worked three days, which is a typical work week, and I was just exhausted. But also we went skiing last week, and it was just kind of a rough week. So I only was signed up for two shifts this week, and I decided I wasn't going to pick up any extras. Hmm. I was like, let me just have a full five days off and mm-hmm. recuperate. And Ryan and I are trying to do some stuff around the house. So anyway, gives us a little time to do that. What are you working on? We want to redo the bathroom. It's so ugly. Which it's just one? Some, both of them. Oh. <laughs> I, at first, I was like, I don't think I really care about this stuff. I'm going to try not to care about it. It's mm. not important. It's just cosmetic, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. But when I'm in the bathroom and the floor just always looks dirty because it's this old linoleum that mm-hmm. you can never get to look clean. And it just makes me mad. And I mm-hmm. keep thinking about it. So we better just fix it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to do that stuff. And you can find like cheaper ways to do house 
renovation yeah fixing i don't know Reese. we're gonna try um, we're, we're gonna consult vanessa and kareem actually because they've renovated house a house twice since they yeah. lost their first house in the fires so they've got a lot of experience now it's <laughs> a good so. idea if you get any good tips let me know we're okay. always like looking but it's hard to know like how much do you want to do if you're no own the house yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's my problem is like well i want to do this and i want to do that but do I really want to spend that money yeah. on? Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. Yeah. You know. But I also might live here for a while and I'd like to enjoy where I live. And That's exactly the debate. Yeah. But I think it looks so good in here. I really oh. love it. It's a really cute place. Thank you. I was assaulted by your uh, towel bar, though. <laughs> I w- oh, the towel <laughs> bar? The I went to lock the door and I like, Turned, I don't know what I did, a seizure or something. But it, I'm gonna seizure. have the, just the gnarliest breed right here. Just real quick, I had a seizure. <laughs> I just had I, a quick seizure. <laughs> came back good. and drank some wine. Yeah, this, oh, things man. go together well. Speaking of seizures, I'm sorry about the towel bar. Um, we had a person, <laughs> we had a uh, what was CNMT, certified nuclear medical tech, no, nuclear. Craig, what was he? CNMT, right? I guess. Anyway. What you're saying sounds right, and I've never heard that before. Nuclear medical technician. Anyway, so he would run the nuke department at uh, my office, and he was terrified of anyone having a seizure. So anytime someone like had seizure disorder or like anything in their history would have like one seizure, sometimes people have one seizure and never have a seizure again, ever. I mean, you don't never know. Mm -hmm. So he would come into the nursing. Okay, so this guy's coming at two o'clock, and he's had a seizure. (laughs) <laughs> and so just be ready like just be on just be ready if I call you <laughs> or sometimes he would even want okay. you to stand in during the you know yeah. if, if you had time he would want you to stand in there during and we would try to tell him Craig if someone has a seizure there's actually not a whole lot yeah. we can do yeah. except just keep their head you know keep them just safe and don't time it the and the table. best emergency yeah. to yeah. like be like, there for because oh. you're like oh it's, Here you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, make sure you don't, you know, choke or anything. Right. But that's there's not a lot to do, and yeah. he was just so, you know, jammed up about it. He, I think he must have had a bad experience. Yeah. To be Something that terrified. Yeah. Um, there's a little girl in a previous job. Have I already talked about this? Anyway, she had seizures, and so they give her CBD oil, and some was like a THC and CBD. So she was. Two or three, so she went to preschool, and they would give her these oils. The second she started to have a seizure, they'd rub it under her gum line, and it would stop her seizure within about um, fifteen seconds. What? Every single time, it's crazy. Wow. But no school. She was in the newspaper actually recently because um, schools won't uh, let her go into like kindergarten and stuff because it's she's so high. <laughs> She is out of control. She's a very chill child. No, but because she's using, using, you know. Wow. THC, they won't. So it's this huge fight they're having now to try to let schools, I mean, make schools let her in. It's stupid. I feel like for medical conditions, that's. Mm -hmm. It's not like she's going to be passing out in the playground, you know. (laughs) You know, if people have their wisdom teeth taken out and then they have a prescription for Vicodin or something, I did when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I went to school. And I had taken Viking in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, I took I it with it's, me. It's I don't not, think you're allowed to do that. Oh, I grew up. <laughs> I just realized in uh, like <laughs> the Saint Helena school systems. Uh-huh. And oops, I, um, you know, it's customary sometimes to bring like a present for your teacher on the last day of school. My friend brought a backpack full of wine bottles. For all of her teachers. What? I thought you were going to say a bag of weed. <laughs> Me too. That's what I thought Rose. But it was like her, it, it didn't even 
cross her or her parents or the teacher's minds that that was kind of inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I love small little towns because yeah. you just, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, why? Like that reason. in your bag, Gina. Yeah. And she's like, oh, presents for the teachers. <laughs> no wonder you got I wanna, an A. I want to work That's in awesome. that school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bribery at its best. Yeah. I mean, in Sonoma County, come on, it's, yeah. you know. What else would you give a teacher? An apple? Yeah, it's more work to get an apple around here than it is a bottle of wine. Uh, so if you drive to Lake Bodega, you pass all the um, apple orchards. You can't even remember what they're called. It's like nature. What? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, I was going to... Anyway, no one worked today. I worked today. How was your day? How was work? It was good. I had like a sad situation. One of a, One of our patients... Um, called in so this poor guy who has been like declining and he's in a he's wheelchair bound and he's a lot of uh, edema so swelling and he called today saying you know I'm just really worried I just saw the doctor today but I'm on a lot of diuretics so uh, pills that kind of make you pee a lot to get rid of swelling and uh, he had recent UTI with sepsis anyway um, and he called because the doctor restarted spironolactone because he's on Lasix, so they didn't want to deplete his potassium. And he's like, well, now I'm on another diuretic, so anytime we leave the house, I have to wear a diaper, and then I'm worried because I sit in the diaper because I'm out, so I can't change it, and then I don't want to get another UTI. So now Ooh. I'm basically staying at home all the time. I, you know, I, I feel that like sucks. I feel like I'm not. I can't even leave the house to do things I love. I didn't even go to the cemetery today. I think he like goes to the cemetery and visits a loved one every day, and now he can't even do that. He doesn't want to leave, and then he when he's at home, you know, he's up like four or five times a night going to the bathroom. He has caregivers all the time, you know, 24-7, I think. And this poor man was like, I don't want to live like this. My life's not worth a damn. Like, You know what he needs? <laughs> a condom cath with a leg bag. Oh, oh my gosh. Why don't people do that more often? I just re- thought of it. Say boom? Oh, you're brilliant. <laughs> Say <idea>. boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's a better... Anyway, I just felt so bad. He was like, I'd rather die than, than live this way. Yeah, and that then I, sucks. But, so we listen to these people say it to our faces and then tell the doctor. And they're like, it's probably not the diuretics. He might have a prostate problem. Send him to his PCP. <laughs> like, do you <laughs> not? I had to hear this person say how they just would rather die than live. They can't do anything they like anymore. You've basically ruined it. Like his quality of life's gone. Why is he alive? He just to be alive. That's so frustrating. Yeah. It's like just sad situations and you get no help. And so I can't do anything about it. Except just, yeah, reassure, you know, I'm just like, I'm I'm so sorry. This sounds really hard. I'm, you know, it must be really frustrating and blah, blah, blah. And you just are there. I mean, that's half of what we do, right? Especially in cardiology, in my office at least. It's all like older people who have no one to talk to. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of our job too. Yeah. Talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just talk. Except I have more time than you guys. Well, I don't know, but I mm. spend more. I don't know if I have more, but I spend like, sometimes I'm like stuck on the phone for 25 minutes with one person going on and on and on and on, but you feel so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to extract yourself sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that kind of takes us into what I, I wanted to talk about this week, which was um, difficult patients and how we all deal with them. Not that... That's exactly related, but when you're talking about spending a lot of time talking mm-hmm. with people, because I have um, I have my 
kind of technique about how to deal with difficult patients. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying made me think of one person in particular. So this guy was um, on our unit recently, and he was going to have a bypass surgery, you know, cardiac bypass graft coming up. And he was really anxious about it, but also he had some other psychiatric history and he would just get really rude and mean to people. And whenever someone gives me that information and report, like, hey, this guy's been really rude or this person's an asshole, he tried to, you know, he yelled at this person or whatever, Mm -hmm. I always think I'm going to be fine with this person because I'm pretty good at dealing with people who are are rude or, you know... Mm -hmm have short tempers or whatever. Um, so this was one of those cases where my usual things that I do did not work out. And so I wanted to talk about that. So usually what I do is just be polite with everyone right off the bat until I get to know them. And then I try and just like meet them at where they are. You know, so one time it did work was there was this woman who was just really sarcastic and she was just complaining about everything and she had this wound on her leg and it was bleeding she is it was bleeding because she was so restless and moving around she had opened right. this you know surgical wound and mm-hmm. it was it had been fine anyway she's in the bathroom and she's yelling and saying and I had already been polite to her all night and she was just being so rude to me. So anyway, finally she's in the bathroom. She's like, this thing is leaking in here. And I said, what thing? And she said, you know what thing? And I said, well, I don't know if you mean your wound on your leg or your butt because you told me that you have diarrhea too. (laughs) (laughs) So then she goes, it's my leg. Mm. And I said, okay, well, when you're done, I'll, you know, put a new dressing on it. Oh, I'll put a new dressing on it. This is what she said back to me. She was just mocking me. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? Surgery? And then she goes, ha, 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 ha. That's funny. You're sarcastic. I like sarcasm. And then we got along fine for a while. Yeah. So For a while. Yeah. Like, all right. I just need to be as nasty to you as you are to me. And you, you know, respect that. It's like, that worked. Yeah. But this night, (laughs) this man, um, he was really anxious and he wanted us to sedate him, basically. He wanted as many drugs as he could get just so he would be knocked out, which I get that. I might want to feel that way too, but you know, there's only so much that doctors will allow us to do. Right. And also he was going to have anesthesia the next morning, so nobody wants to give him extra sedating drugs because that could be dangerous. Right. So um, you know, at one point I said, okay, well, you know, do you just want to talk? Um, and he said, yeah, I'd like that. So his, he had a roommate and his roommate was sleeping. And at first we were talking quietly and then he just starts getting louder and louder. So I was like, okay, let's move it out into the hallway. Let's go take a walk. Mm-hmm. So we walk, um, this was when I was on night shift. This is like one of the last nights I worked. So we're walking down we go sit in the, um, there's a waiting room area and there wasn't anybody else in there. And I sit in there to talk with him and we stay in there for 30 minutes or so and it's just nonstop. He he doesn't let me get a word in edgewise and he's telling me this whole long story about, you know, his some of his background and his neighbors at home that suck and he doesn't want to go home and how they're all doing meth and um, he has a gun and everybody there sleeps with weapons and then he starts talking about he took this other doctor deep sea fishing to thank him for something. And have you ever been deep sea fishing and caught a really big fish? What? It's basically like being on a safari where you're with wild animals and you don't know if you'll come back. And then he just started saying some stuff that was sexist, you mm. know, just basically talking about how great men are and like how, you mm. know, implying that women couldn't do these things. Mm-hmm. 
And he just went on and on and on. And I was like, we're not really talking about what he's anxious about. Yeah. And finally, someone um, else came and saved me. She said, Sarah, there's a doctor on the phone. That's my move. <laughs> yes. Who yes. was it? I wonder. <laughs> it was one of the CNAs. Oh, okay. and, um, oh, I know who. Yeah, so... I went and I took my call, quote unquote. Yeah. And then I went back to the patient and I said, hey, you know, I'm really sorry, but I need to check on my other patients. I can't keep talking. And he was holding a newspaper and he just crumbled it up and threw it on the floor. And, um, my, wish we never started this conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh. He was just yelling at oh, me. He was really waiting for your uh, input, it sounded yeah. like. <laughs> I can't. One-sided conversation. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? What conversation? You were just saying things at me, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. And then he was just mad at me for the rest of the night. And then, he, and then he mm-hmm. again went back to him, his self-referential, like, "I used to do this and that. Have you ever taken care of someone who's been in the mob before?" And I'm like, "Pretty like, sure if you've been in the course. mob, you're not supposed to talk about that." <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who says they're in the mob is not in the mob. <laughs> like that's why I'm saying no. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. What so, do you do? You just kind of like listen. I gave up. Yeah. Well, you're always waiting for them to like have a pause so you can be like, okay, so, blah, 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 you know, and mm-hmm. they're just never, they don't. Even stop sometimes talking. I interrupt people. I'll be like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. This night, I think I'm pretty sure I tried that. And he goes, okay, but just one more thing. Yeah. Da, 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 da. You know, right. sometimes people can get you like that. And you right. don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, don't want to be rude, it, but you can't escape. Yeah. That doctor thing, I do that with people all the time. Sometimes, though, I do the opposite and I will send people into a room knowing they'll get trapped. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like terrible. just somebody yeah. else occupy this person for a minute. Yeah. We recently had, um, a situation in which a patient's family member came up to me and said, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you, but there, there's a lost soul in your waiting room. She doesn't know where she is or who she is. And what? I thought I should mention it. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Okay. So I go and check and the woman's uh, talking to herself and I jump in mm-hmm. this conversation. Like, <laughs> I hate to interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it takes me like 10 to 15 minutes um, to it, figure out, not through her explaining it to me, but uh-huh. through process of elimination, that A, this woman was wildly high on meth, mm. and B, she was waiting for a family member who was in labor. And mm. uh, the labor and delivery is now around the corner from our unit. And so I just finally realized I could just walk away and she yeah. wouldn't notice. So I did. <laughs> I like you're not a patient here. Wow. Yeah, I owe you nothing. Yeah. You're not getting a call back. Mm. What was she talking about? Uh, about uh, driving there in the rain and uh, something with the police searching her house and how her husband hit her and like not nothing. Um, I would say it was stream of consciousness, but nothing lined up. It was like half a sentence would begin and mm. the story would diverge. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then you know my charge nurse, I was like. I pulled what the patient's family member did. I said, June, there's a, like a lost soul in the waiting room. You might want to go check on her. I don't know if she's a patient. And he, he got stuck for 20 minutes. And then oh our supervisor gosh. comes by and I do the same thing. Yeah. And it turned out into a really long saga because uh, she was. She ended up having... Actually, karma came right back to bite me because she had... Halfway through the night, she started complaining of chest pain. And she oh, became great. your patient. I was the only one open for a patient. So I was like... 
so mad yeah. at Mars. I wanted to just like go back in time, like say a couple ha- Hail Marys and, yeah. and ask for forgiveness for all my sins because she go. was about to become my That's patient. That's what you get. Yeah, and uh, I guess in the ER, um, they're trying to get a urine sample from her and it was taking her like 40 minutes. She was in the bathroom and finally this really um, <clears throat> kind of a ballsy CNA is like, all right, you know, ma'am, you need to go. I'm coming in there in five minutes if you don't come out. And we're going to go through your valuables right now to catalog these items. And she's like, oh, yeah, honey, go through my stuff. It's okay. I know you have to make sure I don't have weapons. She had like a taser, lighters, methadone, a bottle of Valium with like six of her teeth in it. (laughs) What? And I was like, this lady's about to be my patient. I'm going to have to do an official catalog. I'm going to have to try to do a... uh, Six teeth, you say, are there molars or... (laughs) (laughs) You have to mark that specifically. half teeth. So that she can leave with all of her molars. (laughs) Like rotting teeth in without those. She'll throw it in a... Oops, I took a tooth instead of a Vicodin. And then... The, the true miracle of the night was her troponin was negative. Uh, and her EKG was, I've never so like, met a meth, peace. meth addict with a negative troponin. <laughs> Come on. Like that's biologically They just always impossible. have some demand ischemia. Yes. yes. All the time. All the time. <laughs> so you got her just, she I, didn't get admitted? She or? didn't get admitted and oh. I, I rejoiced. Mm. I like did a little Irish jig <laughs> in the nurse's station. Sometimes... You get lucky, you know. That's pretty funny. That would have been funny if you ended up. <laughs> I would have been so miserable. <laughs> it would have been accepting deserved. that lost soul. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's help you find that soul. It's probably under one of these Vicodin or teeth. Yeah, <laughs> it's trapped in. That's why she keeps her teeth. Yeah, she's like, uh, uh, like twenty five hundred dollars in cash. Mm, definitely Dang. not a drug addict. No. I would not be suspicious at all. And th- that uh, morning, when uh, me and some coworkers were walking out, uh, her car was still parked in the ER parking lot. It's pouring down rain, and she falls out of her car. out of the back seat she's like soaking wet her shirt's halfway off of her body and uh you know you can't just walk by that you have to acknowledge (laughs) it unfortunately yeah ma'am are you okay you know what'd she say i'm just taking a bath (laughs) she didn't explain anything in any (laughs) clear way but oh that's fun i think i just walked away again she said jelly wop After this Start podcast, you're probably going to see her again. <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, putting it out into the universe. She shows right. back up. What yeah, about you, Kat? Story. Have you had any um, difficult patients? That- I've never had a difficult patient ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I know some and people I'm specifically. I'm not a nurse, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking about difficult patients and nursing is one I'm and the same. the real Slim Shady, matter of fact. <laughs> uh, yes. And I tend to be very patient and nice with people until they become, um, I don't know, just like they push my button and get a little too rude. And I do not stand for that. And then I get not rude back at them, but like- You don't take no crap? I don't take no crap. You only take a certain type of crap. I and take- at a certain point- Yeah, yeah. I take I don't like- take this crap. I take like- non-cussing crap and then the cussing crap kind I'm like nope nope kind of depends that up and just (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know Uh, difficult patients are tough it's hard to I was just talking about this it wasn't a patient but it was someone at work and it was a frustrating situation 
something that just got blown out of proportion and did not need to be, and this happens constantly. And um, I usually just like brush it off and I had such a hard time just letting this go. Like went home and I was thinking about it and just frustrated that this person couldn't just move on with their day. And if it's it just, anyway, I don't want to go into detail, but... Oh, but I want the details. <laughs> yeah, it was just like... Uh, anyway, something got sent to nursing that was not my, anything that I, I didn't know what to do with. I had nothing to do with it. It was not a nursing thing. And um, so I like, asked the doctor, oh, can we move the patient's appointment something? And then sent it back to scheduling and said, oh, just you know, schedule the doctor. The doctor wants, said it's fine to see have the patient be seen at this time anyway. Well, we can't do that. We can't do that. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just walked away. Oh, we can't get the patient at this point. It was fine. Walked away. And then the person was in the manager's office and then talking about the whole thing. And there were remarks the other nurse overheard, like, can you look at this message I got from nursing? Oh my God. You know, and just, <laughs> it's a, it's not a big deal. Why does this need to be escalated? Just, we can't get the appointment. Okay. That's all that needs to happen. And just that this is, this is like a mm. regular occurrence that these things that are not important are become, giant become these big, well, for this person, not for anyone else. I know what you mean. I hate how people always have to go to the manager about everything. It's like, can't we just do our jobs together? Right. It's a team. And I'm positive. I'm positive. I'll help anyone out. I, I'm, I don't say negative things around the office. I don't talk about people. I don't start stories. And some people, that's all they do. And it's so hard to work with those people because like how hard must your life be that every tiny thing is this enormous deal? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a habit of yeah, drama. Right. And I mean, this is just in life, just people. Like I feel so bad that people like that go about their day and every tiny thing is like a personal offense to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, really? Why can't we be like, oh, I didn't know that. I know nothing about scheduling. I had no idea that was the rule. Why would you send something to me about scheduling? I don't know. Why didn't you just tell me? Like, instead of going to the man, you know, it's just like, I mean, he never even talked to me. Kind of, you know, but <laughs> it's just stuff like that's frustrating. Um, you know, and yeah, as nurses, we're dealing with frustrating patients and coworkers and doctors and it never ends. And I mean, I guess everyone in the world deals with this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I was actually just having a conversation similar, or touching on this about how, uh, at least with patients or patients' family, it seems like we never get the benefit of the doubt, like that we're just trying to help. That right. is our mm-hmm. job. We're just mm-hmm. there to help in some way. Mm-hmm. And there, it's a certain environment and it does suck. I mean, we have to wake people up at certain times. People are miserable. Like, this is a crappy environment to be in, but we're not tr- like tr- out to get people or out to make right. You know, create this. Yeah, we don't just wake offense. you up in yeah. the middle of the night because we, we're not inconsiderate. Yeah. We don't think about how important your sleep is. Right. Yeah. We know your sleep's important, but also so is your heartbeat and like your blood pressure <laughs> yeah, and exactly. making sure you're not dead. And we like literally turned- have devoted our lives to help other people and be good. People, you yeah, know, just, and we're all we're there is to try to help. And right. somehow, I'm just in it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. But it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's just fr- hard. It's frustrating. Um, it wears on you. Okay. Car- but oh, wait, were you, you going to tell a specific story? Um, oh my gosh, she's going to knock her over story. the Was there someone that. Um, oh, um. <laughs> Sorry, Zion's, we have a dog. Zion's getting all dog. tied She's up stuck in all of our courts. The best type of emergency. Cool, sweetie. She wanted to say hi to me. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I, I have something else I also want to talk to you guys about. Go for it. I, I mean, with you guys about, not at you, but um, <laughs> just as long as we can interrupt you within 30 minutes, <laughs> so I you'll pro- be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so how about like fears? Like I have developed since becoming a nurse and going through nursing school and then working with geriatric patients, like a huge fear of aging and like getting old because I've seen the worst of it. And that's all I tend to focus on. So I have this really big like... Fear so because this all is I why hear, you're always comparing how old you and I are. You're like, oh, at least I'm not as old as Sarah yet. <laughs> Over the hill, oh my <laughs> so I'm like much younger and stuff. But like, no, not like that old. I mean, like when you're in there, like it's mostly it's not getting old. It frightens me. It's a quality of life. Like I've seen how bad it can get, and mm-hmm. that's what I see every single day is people that are suffering. In their daily life. In their daily life. We see acute situations and it's easy to put that. Like, oh, I'm sick and I'm really sick and then this is bad, but I'm just sick. And then you go back to your baseline. But these are people that are, you don't take care of yourself or for whatever reason, you're really like that every single day of your life and you're miserable. And like this guy I told you about earlier, it's so sad. That's how he lives every day and he doesn't want to live, but we can't let him just die. So he's just miserable and doesn't want to be alive, you know, and we don't know how we're going to be when we're older, but like, how do you, and this doesn't have to be getting older, but just like things that you see as a nurse that other people don't get because they've never seen that before. And you see it as your job every single day. How do you deal with that? Because I am like going to go to therapy about it because I obviously have like <laughs> issues because it's hard when, you, when you're when you constantly confronted and they're asking you for help and you're like, I have no cannot answers. help you. Yeah. So I will listen and do whatever I can do, but you can't make their problems go away. You know, and I think it's just like accepting that life you don't know and pr- trying to be in the present moment and all that stuff that we all know, but... So what do you guys, what's your experience with nursing and being, you know, or maybe you don't have one. (laughs) No, I think I don't let myself think about it too much. Mm. And you mentioned like the doctor was like, said something like, what what was it? It's probably not the diuretics. It's probably their prostate. Yeah. Something like that. And it's like, you kind of like, I actually like was like, oh yeah. Like that was the part of the story. I was like, okay, now I I can involve myself Mm. in this story. Cause when I let myself get to that what you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. like, it, there is no dealing with There's it. nothing you yes, can do. Yes, You're just like, right. oh, this, or we had a patient recently uh, that was so sick and so, like, very young. I think uh, this person was in their 50s and they came in and had um, metastatic cancer and um, it, it was like this mentality. His heart rate is, was in the 130s. His blood pressure was in the 80s. He mm-hmm. was restless. He was requiring me requiring more oxygen i mean like his quality of life was just awful and there was so little that could be done Mm -hmm. because we had to do the diagnostics to determine you know what type of cancer was what the treatment Mm -hmm. options were available and all this and there was like this mentality amongst the the doctors of oh yeah he's been like that like Mm. well his heart rate's in the 130s blood pressure's in the 80s oh yeah he's been like that it's fine and just for reference for everybody a normal heart rate's like 60 to 100 blood pressure one above 100 is fine (laughs) yeah blood pressure (laughs) systolic at least hold on oh like 120s and up to 140s is a beautiful systolic blood pressure yeah so the systolic's the beautiful (laughs) it's a great sound made up for the no sound of the other one um yeah so blood pressure like 120 over 80 is what we just referenced as he like oh that's a great one yeah Yeah. so he was he was just not in a good spot and 
uh, every nurse that you know came on his case would bring this up to the doctors and be like, well, what are we going to do? How do we get through like basically this next 12 hour shift? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, oh, he's been like that. It's fine. We're going to do a biopsy on so this date. And it's like, okay, well, what are we doing to help this guy before then? Right. And you know, it's not, not to like blame it on the doctors because there's only so much they can do. Right. Too. Right. I mean, it's the human right. body. It's, it's a, a monster in its own right. But, um, and finally, a doctor came and assessed the situation and talked to the mother and talked to the um, wife and explained it really thoroughly. And we got him changed to uh, from a full code, which means we do everything possible to revive this person if their heart were to stop, to a DNR, which is do not resuscitate. And it was... Just like, let him die. Yeah, finally, this feeling of like we've actually done something because that mm-hmm. starts the process of putting them in a, a comfortable state, you right, know? right. When it's full code, we basically, it's like you have to treat them for anything that's going on. You have to treat. Mm-hmm. Right. It's Comfort so kind of yeah. goes out the window. It's yeah, like, well, right. we're going to draw your labs as many times yeah. as we need to draw labs yeah. in a day. Because yeah, see how high your lactic's getting. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and like, it's just like, I feel like the uh, a lot of doctors' focuses are as general as I can't say that. Generalization. Generalizing. Oh. Um, wine. Generalizos. <laughs> wine. <laughs> like, wine. I can't say this Can't wine. say words. Um, a lot of their focus is like, okay, let's keep the patient alive. And the labs are keep the patient alive. This is keep the patient alive. Whereas we're like comfortable and sane, like keep them comfortable, keep them sane, keep them happy, keep yeah. them wanting to live. And we're the ones dealing with that aspect of it. And I know they also are, but but that's like our but they huge part of it. And then we're following those orders and we're with them for 12 hours or right. you're on the phone for them with them hearing mm-hmm. these like desperate right. things they're saying, you know, and it's like, there has to be something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just hard when you, you can't really do anything, but you're there. You're that bouncing person. And it's hard, at least for me, oh. to not let that affect me because then I put it onto myself like, well, someday I'm going to be the same age as these people and what if I'm in that spot? That looks miserable. These people don't want to be alive. They're, I, or they do, mm-hmm. and they say it's awful every single day. Like, oh, getting old is the pits. And I'm like, that's what I'm told. You know, I mean, they say that all the time. And it's, uh, I don't know. It I've, just gets to me. I've had that fear too. I mean, I think that's why um, part of the reason why I made an advanced directive, because, uh, yeah, I've worried about that a lot. Like, and my threshold for, poor quality of life is very, very low. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. I mm-hmm. break my leg, I don't know, I might just say, put me down. <laughs> Take me back. Don't bother me. So like going through what the patient you were talking about, you know, doesn't even want to leave the house every day because you have to wear Depends. Right. Oh my God. Right. Sorry, I know I'm going to have to get over some of this when I get older, but I am mean, I even going to be able to? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And it's hard. We don't let people die here. So we let them suffer instead yeah. to keep them alive. We keep you living, not happy. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's a... And when you know you're facing, you live somewhere where that's that's what you get. Yeah. You that's get the approach life to medicine. instead of... Right, exactly. We're not helping. I mean, it's... It, anyway. We're um, helping the biological factors mm-hmm. going on, but... Yeah. But so, not treating the whole person. Right. But yeah, I think that's why I... I I've one made an advanced directive and two um, have made a, a secret plan with Ryan about how we're going to kill each other if things oh. come to that. Oh yeah, how are you going to do it? So I'm romantic. not going to tell. Oh okay. <laughs> so because we're we're going to have to basically get away with murder, one of us or the other. Mm, oh yeah. But we also have to promise not to murder each other. 
until it's time. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty smart, like really pissed off. Like, I think it's time. I think it's time right yeah. now. Initiate. I've got all the instructions and the yeah, yeah. necessary. She wants it. It's written items. right here with her signature on it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Put it in my drink. That's all she said. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm so but afraid officer, of, of she living. Begged in... me to. <laughs> I'm so afraid of living in, in a state like that. Listen to this podcast. She's been saying for 30 years that she does not want to live. If she breaks her leg, <laughs> she rolls her ankle. I didn't know if it was broken or not. She <laughs> was skiing at 66 and she broke her leg. I think it's time she goes down, also. But you she know, she's got a nice retirement account by this time. <laughs> and like, oh, it's awful. Yeah. So let's hope it doesn't happen. But I think that's something like, like I didn't think about before becoming a nurse or as a nursing student. It's like the, an aspect of it. I I don't know if a lot of people think about like you don't think think about death and you think of it mm, like that moment right but there's 10 years leading up to it right yeah well no well I mean like think about as in like when you choose to become a nurse oh what you're gonna it's gonna fuck you up a little bit oh a lot you know you're like okay I'm gonna be damaged because you can't unsee these people suffering and we're all human so we're all gonna have suffering and I could be that someday or you're gonna see someone Someone that you love having maybe. a coat, or, or yeah. like all these things that can happen. You can't take that out of your head once you've seen it, and you and have to go back to normal life, right? And then you go home. Someone who's never seen that has no idea. And how do you even? You can't even. You can like say it, but they have no idea what that's like. This is like a whole can of worms we're opening. Yeah, this is this like is dangerous. I'm so but this is, I'm here. For but there's this. a lot of people that like like you know want to be nurses or becoming nurses, and they don't know like once you're headed into it. This is also something that happens. Like, yeah, being a nurse is great, but you also get a little fucked up for the rest of your life because mm-hmm. you're dealing with things that most people don't have to deal with taking care of people that die or that are coding all the time. Or Yeah, and a lot of it isn't you know, even the, the, the like dramatics right. of that. A lot of it is like like frequent flyers that like we have the nicest guy that comes back. He's a dialysis patient. He like can't get a ride to dialysis. So he ends up with a potassium of like 6.5 and ends up in the mm-hmm. hospital. Normal potassium's below what, four? Is good. It's like 4.5. 4.5 to 5. Three, it depends on the 3. lab. 3.5 yeah. to 5. 3.5 to 5.2 yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know our stuff, obviously. It's, it's in the range of three and a half-ish yeah. to just it's over five. It's either way too and if low it's, or way too yeah. high, mostly. <laughs> and if it's one of those, it can like mess with your heart and all this other stuff and it's yeah. not good. And it's like seeing this guy... Over and over, yeah, the same issue, the same problem, and it's like that's the stuff that hurts more than yeah. like the dramatic codes. That's like true, those, that's true. those really mess you up, right? right. Yeah. But sometimes it's the the like right. in a code, the daily small miseries. Yeah, yeah. In, mm-hmm. in a code, it's almost a relief when like somebody. And this is going to sound awful, but when somebody codes, because you're like, I know what to do yeah. now. Compressions, like airway, the t- you have all this help. You have all these like basic meds that you're doing, and mm-hmm. you finally feel like I can like help this person. Right. But when they're on the way to that, that's mm-hmm. what really like fucks me up. They're like sitting there and, and they're miserable. Yeah, and they're, and they're over and over. I'm like, how can I help this person? Right. What can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Who can I call? And it's just like scrambling. Yeah. I had a patient like that recently who's just recently become like that. So he hadn't really been hospitalized, hadn't been sick until um, the past, uh, sometime in the past four months. I think four months ago was his first hospitalization and he realized he had a um, a terminal cancer diagnosis. Um, 
Narcissistic Am I saying guy? the right word? Yes. But okay. I think it's the same no, guy. he's older oh, than okay. what you were okay, saying. Okay. And um, so now he's he's gotten chemo and radiation, and he's just so miserable from all the side effects. But I don't think it's really set into him yet that things aren't really going to get better. And mm. for his family, I don't think they've realized that either. And so he's just kind of in that in between. And I'm like, this is not my area of expertise. But I want to help, and I feel like I don't know what to do, and I just mm-hmm. feel very sad for him. And anyway, yeah, I had him two days in a row, and I was just like, yeah, <sighs> feeling heavy about it. Then the second second day that I had him, I passed him on to someone on night shift, and I was like, this person is perfect for this patient. Aww. Like, I feel like I felt relieved that she was assigned to him because she has a hospice background, oh. and she's just so caring. Gentle. Yeah, and I was like, you're gonna just be so good for him Mm -hmm. because you know sometimes people that that are really suffering they need a lot and we're on an acute care unit and we're busy and you don't always have the time or resources to give a lot and it's like man I really want to do like good for you but I just have three other patients and they're sick too and um anyway I knew she would figure out some way to do it you know what I mean yeah like she would she would do a good job and it's hard you can't take back those stories like when you see that you just I don't know. I guess my point is like it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> you know, hey, I don't like go about. I don't go, like go thinking uh, about yeah, it all the time. No, but well, you know I it's never, there. Yeah, you know? and I never thought about in any of what I would be dealing with before I, when I started nursing. Mm-hmm. Me neither. School. I was yeah. like, it's a job, and I'm going to yeah. do this, and it's like, going to be oh, meds, cool. Past yeah. meds, time management. It was right. all this like yeah, like basically. I think they terrorize you through nursing school, so you don't think about this right. Stuff. Yeah. Well, you think that's going to be the hard part. <laughs> yeah. You're like, 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 oh, passing the meds is going to be the getting yes. on my schedule and not no, be behind in the meds. It's right. Like, I can look that up in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. The hard part is people. These real situations. Yeah. yeah. That's and like true. daily regular people don't ever experience that. It's like uh, you were saying earlier, you try not to think about it too much. And yeah. that's part of it. You know, you have to detach a little bit and mm-hmm. be a, mm-hmm. a little cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's this really great Instagram that I've told you about. And I think you follow it too, <laughs> Nurse Life RN. Oh, yeah. It's oh, so man. cynical, but it exactly just gets it nursing so yeah. well. It's like, yeah, I, that's exactly right. I started following it the second you told me. I like every freaking day I'm cracking up on there. It's, it's, it's perfect. Like, I know that feeling. Yes, yes yeah, that yeah. is what I feel all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the TV show ones are the best though. The old, oh yeah. yeah, where they get it wrong <laughs> every time. Like what? TV never gets it right. They had one where they're doing compressions on a guy who's like awake and there. And <laughs> was just like, harder. Wait, they're, harder. what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the patient yelling harder. Yeah. How are you going <laughs> to resuscitate me unless you push harder? Oh man, um, we opened another bottle of wine, but I think maybe we should just talk about it real quick now, and then we'll just continue drinking it into. Which you guys will hear on Monday. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me just tell you right now, in case you don't, you can't wait until Monday to hear exactly what we just opened. But this one's called Cigar, and it's a Old Vine Zinfandel from Lodi, which is a county not too far from here. Um, It's like a hotter region of uh, California, and it's 2016. At the top, it says Cosentino. I wonder if that's the vineyard or. I guess it is. I guess that's the winery. Oh, yeah. Bottled by Cosentino Winery in Hopland, California. Huh. Wait a minute. So I've never the grapes are grown in Lodi, which is south of us. And 
it's processed in Hoplin, which is north of us. I guess that happens. Hmm. It does. Yeah, yep. that seems it happens. a little. Um, <laughs> it's a long way for it to travel, but inefficient. Okay. <laughs> Inefic- <laughs> but if I lived in Hopland, I guess I would buy grapes from a region that's better than Hopland to go. I don't know. Maybe it's not so bad up there, but whatever. They I like chose- the label. It's very Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. I know. And yes. I love cigars. Like Art Deco. Like- exact Great Gatsby. It's like exactly what I was. Tr- I was thinking of like a way to describe the label. That's that's perfect. Okay, and I know I always say Can it smells like tobacco, some- but doesn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it a little bit? It smells like kind of smoky and vanilla, so like tobacco leaves. <laughs> Hold on, She's going to bring like a bottle next time that uh, is called cigarette. Let's <laughs> <laughs> taste tobacco. Ashtray. <laughs> Sticky part of the ashtray when you try to clean it. That's what this tastes like. I was actually just, uh, there's a ongoing joke with one of my coworkers about uh, like traumas of childhood. It's just, you know, funny. When my topic. mom put a suppository in my uh-huh. butthole. <laughs> Sorry. That's oh, the first we'll thing I think back of. to that. Wow. <laughs> I put a I've suppository in it. my own butthole when I was a kid. Okay. I would have rather. rather like, cheers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. You would have rather. I think I would have too. I would have rather put it in my own butt. That would be traumatic. So my dad smokes and he, we dr- all drink these like cans of seltzer water, my whole family, mm-hmm. and we are addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And. Like flavored? Um, no, just oh. carbonated water. Okay. And so Weird. we have really low standards of like whose drink is who. So it's like sitting on the coffee table. Oh, I'll take a sip of it. Oh, well, I've probably done it five or six times. Uh, my dad like tapped out his cigarette in there. Oh. And there's like a little <gasps> left and I Ew. swing it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. So dad. I would, yeah. What's your thing when you somebody. say like traumas of childhood? Do you, yeah. Is that what you say? Yeah, just okay. like, it's more like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he should have done was like flip the little tab around so much. another he way to identify that can. That's true. But then he wouldn't have had it to flick the ashes yeah, in. He's probably like, it's way more fun to watch you be like, bah, bah. Yeah. <laughs> freaking out, sprinting to the kitchen sink. I had a doctor stick his finger up my butt when I was a kid. Uh, what? Why? A do- yeah, a, doctor. a pediatrician, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was having like constipation problems, I think, or something. And they like tried all these like things to get me to go poo. He was going to do a manual disimpaction. I think he was trying to, I didn't know what was going on, but it freaked me the fuck out. And he like stuck his little pinky finger, which felt like, like like a head, like his whole head, like a head size finger going (laughs) in my butthole and like his little pinky to see, I don't know what he was checking for or this He's reminds like, me of your serious about story about the gynecologist. Very traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, fingers in the buttholes when you're like, um, what? You didn't even buy dinner first. Like My God. Like, yeah. And, um, speaking of heads going through butts, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we should say there's some good news to be shared. Oh yes! Well, I meant to say this at the beginning butt. of the show, but congratulations, Jen! Jen, you had your baby. Jack had her baby on. He's here. Two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is so cute. He looks. There's one picture she posted. Looks just like her. That's what I said. Just like that's her. That's what I said. She said, "I don't know. I mean, I kind of think he looks like Jessup." And I was like, "Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased because I see you all the time, and I, you know, I think people recognize the person that they yeah. see more frequently." But it, good. I'm glad you said that. So he cute. does look like yeah. her. It was just one picture that I went, "Oh my god, it looks like a mini Jen." 
Was it him laying down yes. with his face turned? Yes. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. The other ones, I was like, oh, it's like a cute little baby. You yeah. Know? You can't really but tell that what it looks like in some of them. Yeah. This wine is really good. I think it smells like wet cat food, but <laughs> but it tastes like cinnamon and like fruit. Is I really like it. Cancer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does taste like Sarah, cinnamon. Sarah, pour the... Okay. No. Sorry. Um, yeah. Well, but she still it's had like, the other... Pour the ladies some wine. She had the Merlot in oh, her okay. glass earlier, okay. and now I have my hands full. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. You don't get um, top-notch service here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, mm. should we wrap it up? Definite fancy oh, yeah. feast. Um, so, catch us on Petite Syrah. It's going to be an absolutely amazing episode so you better not miss it Petite Sarah's are the best Petite Sarah's and congratulations Jen yes cheers to that cheers thanks for coming today cheers thanks for having me